You're listening to the Autism Coming to Our Senses podcast. Hey guys, my name's Ben and welcome to my first podcast, Autism Coming to Our Senses. The reason why I'm doing this podcast is because of my little brother who has autism and I think this podcast could help him and family members and other people with autism. Well, the aim of the podcast is just to help families, young but young people and adults who understand autism more, educating them a bit more, and with my with um our guests who are coming in, and just like just having a normal chat like we're having now, like it's not gonna be like a lecture or like being in school, just like a mellow vibe, so everyone can understand and listen. This is the reason why I'm doing this. It's good we've got the guests coming in. I'll have guests with autism. Mm-hmm. That that is a bonus, so they can have their views. That's in the next few episodes. We're going to have a f- um, someone who's a family member coming in, really just getting a ball rolling. This is uh, Molly, who is working at Chaos Cafe in Truro, who's letting me do the podcast. Hello. No, thank you for coming on. That's all right. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be a part of hopefully educating people on autism and breaking some stereotypes people might have and just learning a bit more about what life with autism is like, really. Yeah, so uh, let's get down to it. Yeah. So, uh, like I said, I've got a little brother with autism. Mm-hmm. So, uh, it's one of the reasons why I'm doing it. But over the past year, I've uh, realised it's just not for my little brother. It's for like, many people with autism, definitely around the country. So, this is why I'm reaching out mm-hmm. for a podcast. Many people do listen to podcasts, I realised. So, hopefully, there's people who with autism or family members who are listening. So, Please stay tuned. Mm. So obviously, I work at Chaos. Um, yeah. For the listeners who don't know what it is, we are helping vulnerable pe- members of the community to gain valuable skills that might help them get back into employment. And some of those people that I work with do have autism. Uh, but before I started working here, to be honest, I really didn't know anything about autism. So it's very new to me. I've only worked here for about 10 months. Um Ben, obviously you have a brother who suffers with autism. I feel like you probably might have a good way of explaining to the public who don't know about autism what it is, how it looks, or if it even looks the same in everyone or if it looks completely different depending on the individual. What What is autism? Well, autism, uh, you can notice it in some people, you can't. But autism is a disability what affects young people and adults. Uh, there's no cure for it. It's a long, lifelong disability. It affects people with their communication, interaction with, let's say, activities, uh, socially, trying to see the world. They see the world different, differently mm-hmm. than people without autism. Mm-hmm. I mean, everyone sees the world differently. No, pe- no two people are the same. Mm. But with um, autism, with their brain, their their senses are overwhelmed mm-hmm. in like in different situations, like with us. Uh, we can find tasks that are easy, some tasks are challenging, but some people with autism might be easy for them mm-hmm. or they can't do it and they're overwhelmed and they don't know how to cope. Mm. So, for example, everyday tasks that we find easy as yeah. people without autism, for example, um, making a cup of tea. You know, this is a task we wouldn't even consider a task, really, would we? Because no. it's so easy and so British. Yeah, <laughs> so British also. Um, that might be really difficult 
for someone with autism. Yeah. Whereas something which we might perceive as really challenging, for example, like being able to play an instrument very well or solve some kind of equation or something that could be perceived as more difficult, they might find that easy. So it's kind of about perception, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you could be walking down the road and, or on a bus and let a young, let's say an adult or a young person are, like with autism, they deal with their situations in their own way. Mm. Like, you know, hugging themselves or... So if they're feeling distressed. Yeah, if they're yeah. feeling distressed. So what might have distressed them? So just like a bus journey, right? Yeah, like a bu- like long bus journey. Is it because of their senses that they might be feeling distressed? Like the noises or... Yeah, like definitely the noises. Like, because um, like, it was fireworks night last night. Mm, yeah. Like the big bangs and that, that might... Because of the hearing. Mm-hmm. So it might not affect the hearing. So is so. it like louder for someone yeah. with autism than someone without autism? Yeah, they're... they're I'll say their senses are heightened mm-hmm. okay. more. So, no, it looks pretty fireworks go off, but the, like, boom mm. might scare them. Okay. And they might, like, oh, I don't like that. So then how would they, like, obviously, when we're speaking now, we're acknowledging that it's different for every individual, yeah. but how might someone with autism exhibit that fear, like, display the fact that they're feeling scared that we might perceive as being a bit, what's happening to them? Ah, I don't know what to do. Like, stop crying. Right. Or, like, like, like a child of like without autism. Will start crying, you know, mm. it's like fireworks, mm. but they might scream. Mm. Or it, it does, it varies different people. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is a hard one. Mm. But it's really hard to describe, isn't it? Because yeah. it's so varied in different individuals. Are there any behaviours that an autistic person might have to cope with this, like, overloading of the senses that we might see and think, oh, what are they doing? Yeah, um, play games on the phone. Like, mm. I might keep them calm. Or, like, do like say... Put the coat over the red, like it's, so it's like it's a bit darkness, like no one's seeing them, mm. and it just keeps them in a safe place. Mm-hmm. That's so, interesting, actually. Yeah. yeah, so it might be too bright for them. Yeah. So they might put their coat over the head to sort of get rid of that sensory overload. Yeah, it's um, like went to take my brother to get his haircut yesterday, mm-hmm. and also we're waiting, and I gave him my phone to play Minecraft, mm-hmm. and he put his he does this. It's it's not it's a normal thing. I doesn't affect me, I don't, it's this little thing to cope. Mm-hmm. He put his coat over his head. Obviously, at that point, I didn't realise what he was um, doing. I went, oh, what are you doing? Yeah. And I realised that I was putting his coat over his head. And he did explain. Mm. He's like, he doesn't want like, people watching him. And it is, and it was too bright, he said. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, I can understand that. You can understand that. And I think this is why this podcast is so important. Because there's, for example, when you're in school, like we were talking about this the other day. Yeah. When I was in school, there was no... From what I remember, obviously it was a long time ago, but there was no education about autism, learning difficulties. But I remember there was these kids in the year who obviously life was a bit of a struggle for because you could see that they were getting overwhelmed all the time and we might perceive them as just the weird kids. Yeah. You know, and I feel obviously awful nowadays knowing that I did actually have those thoughts. I was thinking like, yeah, I, oh I, God, I, that kid's weird. Or I had that thought before my little brother was born and I thought... Yeah. I mean, now like we look back at it because we're, we're a bit older. Yeah. Like I left school year like back in 2013. Yeah. Like you go, oh, he's a that's a weird that's a weird kid. That's a yeah. weird kids, but but really they just are different, which ne- isn't necessarily weird, is it? It's just, just unique. Unique. Well, they they're perceiving the world in a different way to how we're perceiving the world. Yeah. Which one is right or wrong? I don't think there is one. No, there's no right or wrong. Really. So how could we have stopped ourselves back then? Like, what if there was more education available? 
in school to teach you why this kid is exhibiting these different behaviours. I think there should be more education. Mm. I mean, I might be wrong, I might be right, but I don't think there's not enough educational welfare talk about to other school, like kids in school mm. or college students or to understand. Because mm. at school, like, I'm not going to name the school and that, no. but it was, it was a good school. Yeah. Because he had their own section for people with disabilities. Mm. And I think that was amazing. Mm. Everyone did take the, take the mic. And out of that class? Yeah, yeah, out of the group. And looking back at it and he, now, and I go like, wow, that's like really, that's really bad. Did they explain to you what that group was, why they were in no, their own group? No, I, I knew, mm. but everyone else did. But they just, like, they were, six, like, they were 16, 17 at the time. Mm. We all were. But they found it funny to take the mic. Mm. And I thought that was just really bad. Mm. So uh, ev- everyone is the same. They probably look at people without autism. Like an autistic person might find it really hard to comprehend why tasks that they find really difficult are so easy for other people. Like yeah. it works both ways. But for some reason, the world seems to be designed to an extent. I think it has improved like leaps and bounds. It's oh, come a long way. Definitely but it's improved. I do think the world is designed for a certain type of person. A person who doesn't have autism, doesn't have a learning difficulty, yeah. like is isn't physically disabled. Um, but yeah, if it was just if it took into account all kinds of people, it would probably be a nicer place. People wouldn't feel so different or abnormal. Different. I like the word different because mm. that everyone does feel different. Mm. I mean, you could be in a group of people who without autism, mm. and there should be, and there's one person with autism, mm. and they're doing your own little thing and you think that, that like that, stay away from him or yeah that. and you just need to have you just need to have more understanding mm. and actually go and talk to that person mm. why do you think people feel afraid to approach someone who's being who's acting in a way they don't understand because they they, they they don't understand themselves mm. like I, I sometimes still do it like and go, oh should i go and talk to him or not mm. Some, i don't sometimes and i feel bad mm. but you just it's just that thinking like what goes through your head when you when you See it, and then you think, "No, nah, I'm not gonna, not gonna approach that." Like, you don't know what the outcome's gonna be. Mm. You don't know. I mean, no one does. So you got to be like, I say, realistic. Mm. So that person, that young person, might be dealing with something, them like doing something themselves, mm. like drawing and that, and you don't want to interrupt them if mm. they're in their own little zone. Mm-hmm. And if you do, you don't know what's gonna happen. They might, go, oh, you ain't not high, mm. but some might just look at you and just carry on mm. and you'll think that's rude but it's not it's their way of coping and dealing mm. with their self this is interesting because i think it is that fear of the outcome isn't it that puts us off yeah. actually just going and sp- having a chat with them but then like for example i was in sri lanka last year volunteering with people with mental health problems and there was one occasion where we were in a psychiatric ward and obviously there's the added unknown of they don't speak my language so they can't actually communicate to me how they're feeling but there was some patients and they were clearly so distressed and I was absolutely terrified to go over to them and I actually had to say to myself they are human they're very vulnerable what is the worst that could happen in this situation if I just go over and approach them and just have a chat with them okay like they could physically be so distressed that they physically are violent that would literally be the worst that could happen really in which case I can go and say to a staff member but I think in everyday life that is a question you can ask yourself like if I go and speak to this person and just talk to them as I know how to communicate what is the worst that could happen 
I mean, it's like you get on the bus or the trains and that, like, you know, you get elderly people talk to you. Yeah. I we mean, feel scared sometimes, don't we? It's weird. <laughs> you do. I mean, yeah, we get like, why are you talking to me? But, mm. like, it's not just elderly people. You might get people with autism or disabilities talk to you because mm-hmm. that's how they, you know, knew what, oh, hi, you know, my name's James. Oh, I've seen it and I've done it. Like, just look at them really, like, a bit weird again. Yeah. Why are you talking to me? But if you have that interaction with them... Mm. It makes their life so like that so that day easier. so much better, and even including your own. Yeah, because you've like you've chatted to someone, mm. and you go, oh, I feel I feel good now. I feel better. Yeah, and they feel better. And yeah, you could talk. They might talk about anything, like to cars or what they've done in the morning. Yeah, like they might have like let's say you play the Xbox or mm. PlayStation Four and that. Yeah, not nowadays you do, but like they might talk about one game. Yeah, just that one yeah. game, and that might be an old game. Yeah. And you might mention a new game and they go, oh, I haven't played that, yeah. but they'll carry on with that conversation. Going, yeah. Oh, yeah, I did this last night with this game. And they're like, oh, all right. But so like you said, some people are like, oh. But for them, they literally aren't thinking like, oh, God, no. I'm talking about this a lot, are they? It's just literally like, yeah, this is what I know. Oh, I don't know what happens in their head, to be honest. Yeah, we, I don't know. I mean, it's a subject they like. Mm. They're very passionate about, mm-hmm. even if it's just a little thing like drawing or like collecting books or mm. pictures mm. they'll just talk about it and I find that amazing yeah it is amazing like we really society really praises passionate people don't yeah. they like people who succeed because they're super passionate about one thing and that is literally people with autism quite often they have like in- certain interests that they're very very passionate about and they that's why there are some examples. I don't want to stereotype and say like all oh, people with autism have this insane talent for like maths or something, which I think is a bit of a dangerous stereotype. Yeah. But it is quite common, isn't it, that they can be exceptionally skilled at something. Yeah, different subjects. Like, let's say, like, I could, I am, I'm not that good at maths, mm. but there could be someone with autism who's like a genius at mm-hmm. it. And it's not because like, yeah, they are like smart in that subject, mm. but doesn't make them different. Mm. Just like they might be not good at art or yeah. English, yeah. Or, but that subject they must like they must love maths and mm. that. I just use that as a you know option. But it is hard. Like mm. many, like quite a lot of autistic people do have different things they're good at. Yeah. Like playing, you know, ex- playing computer games, yeah. drawing, yeah, ma- like mathematics, and or running sports. Yeah. You know, varies. Yeah. No, like you said, no one's the same. So we've kind of mentioned a few times already how there are some stereotypes about autism and why it's not good to just rely on these stereotypes and put people with autism in a box because it's so varied. Yeah. Um, There's obviously, in life, no right or wrong with a lot of subjects. Is there a right or wrong way to view autism? Because I know that a lot of people would take offence at some people's view on autism. It is a hard one. Um... Obviously, I've got a little brother with autism, but I'm a bit in the middle because people don't understand autism. They mm. don't. That's the reason why we're doing this. Not going to lie, I still don't 100% understand it. <laughs> I don't. I mean, I'm still learning. Yeah. I don't think Everyone's I'll ever still... completely understand it, to be honest. Everyone's still learning. Yeah. I, I personally think, and I think with everyone's view, everyone's views entitled. Mm-hmm. But I think the view I don't like is... Yeah, like, which views are bad? Like, oh, you've got a naughty child... Mm. And in the back here, they go, really? He's not naughty, he's autistic. Mm. And like, that's hard for the parents or family members. Yeah, yeah. You, like, you, you do get angry. I get angry with that like, when I hear that. Or 
read it up. It's like um, that Paddy McGuinness, mm. he's got two kids with autism. Does he? Yeah. He doesn't know that. And he did a TV show, would recommend to watch it. But he parked in a disabled spot and someone said, no, why are you parking in there? Mm. And he, yeah, what I read was just, it was disgusting, you say that. Like, you know, you can't see, you can see disabilities, mm. but and you can't see them as well. Mm. And I thought that is, that is very, that's very true. Mm. Yes, it's, it's not visible. It's not visible. Always, is it? No. no. Like, but does that mean it's not a disability? No. 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 Like, that's... I mean, that person who told Paddy McGuinness, he, might, he didn't know, but mm. Paddy McGuinness is quite famous mm-hmm. and he does talk about... And should he have... Quite a lot. Should he have to prove anyway no. that his kids have a disability? No. Should he have to stand there and be like, well, actually, let me just explain to you all of this stuff which is going on in my family. No, he shouldn't have to say. Just by having that badge, like... The blue dis- badge, disability. Yeah. yeah. you don't have to explain. It doesn't, doesn't matter. Yeah. I Even mean, if you don't have the badge, yeah. like you don't have to explain have yourself. To. It's not for us to say, well, prove to me your kid's got a disability then. Just educate yourself to know not... Oh, God, I'm getting angry now. <laughs> not all disabilities are visible. No, but yeah. it's just... I think I did say I was going to bring it up in this podcast because I read it and I was going, that has really that annoyed me when I yeah, read it. Yeah, I felt a bit annoyed then. But, like, like different views. He, also that person's got his view. Mm. Like, everyone else does does but mm. the way you've got to go around it is just try to stay calm mm. but i mean it's hard and maybe also removing like just going back to what you said about how some people might say oh you've got a naughty child yeah. removing some of the negative connotations with that like naughtiness disruptive behavior you know like and class and that where's it coming yeah class as well like having a naughty child there's lots of stereotypes that might come into your head like oh maybe they've got bad parenting or like there's stuff going on at home and blah 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 it's not always so simple it's not always just that they are just naughty for the sake of being naughty there could be so much behind it yeah it's not always like you know bad parenting Mm. or i don't like that Mm. but like oh it's just like behavior comes from somewhere doesn't it yeah yeah like with someone of Autism class, it might be like their coping mechanism is just like they like, tap, yeah, you know, tap on the table, mm-hmm. or and how is, how is the teacher or the person responsible can deal with that? Because I think when I was at school, quite often it would just be a snappy remark like stop, stop yeah. tapping on the table. But should we change our language to say why are you tapping on the table? I think I mean now would like teachers now like you just come out from uni mm. i think it's I, different isn't yeah it? i think it's different because they're more like more our age mm. and like know a bit more yeah like with say with older teachers who's been like in schools for like a few years now yeah. and they go let's say oh get out of the classroom you're doing making the disturbance you don't know what's going on mm. but teachers sh- not should they need to know who who has autism or has got a disability or Absolutely, not? Absolutely, yeah. So they can work their work their class or yeah, just work the class around that student as well. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's right that they that children with autism should be delivered the same curriculum and should be in that class with people without autism, or do you think that they should have their own environment sort of tailored? It depends. Oh, teaching just, style. I've had this chat before. I haven't actually, so I'm quite I interested. Have. Yeah. So um. I'm I'm in the middle. I think it's good to 
don't say mix it up, mm. but it is like put some of autism in a let's say mainstream school mm-hmm. instead of a school with special education. Yeah. Um, and you get most mainstream schools who do do special education. Yeah. But I think if that child who's severely autistic needs to go to a, a special educational school, yeah, will have to mm-hmm. if they can't deal with a mainstream school. Mm. But most mainstream schools do have really good special education. yeah, yeah. And I don't think... Yeah, it'd be good if they're in with people there with autism themselves, mm. but maybe they have friends. Who don't have autism. Yeah. I think that's so important. Do you want to move them away because that could affect them? Yeah. Like, my brother, he's in a mainstream school right now, and he's got a twin sister, uh-huh. and I think he's doing fine. Yeah, in yeah. In a mainstream school, but... Later on down the line, you don't know if he might have to, like, you know, any child might have to go to a special educational school. Mm. It does vary mm. on their, like, mental and their welfare mm. and their ed- educational status mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, because like, they should have every right to access education yeah. the same as another. So I think it's just about that teacher, which I do think teachers are so much better now, aren't they? I've obviously yeah. not been in school for years and years and I years. Mean, but le- that teacher learning to differentiate for their pupils because I think they're going to finish school and then they're into the big bad world and they're faced with all sorts of people you know you're when they start working if they work there's always a co-worker that you're going to find challenging whether you've got autism or not you know so yeah the one thing I don't like is like oh you're going to go into the real world do you want to I mean hear that a lot yeah but to someone with autism like you're like yeah, but... Is that a bit scar- scary? Yeah, or? it'd be a bit more scary, I'd mm, say. Mm. Like, you haven't really explained mm. that oh, the real world's going to be coming up soon. What are you going to do? Yeah, because then they're going to get all of these ideas maybe about what is this scary real world. Yeah, or what's going to happen. And How could we re- reframe that language then? I don't really, like, I don't really know because, mm. I mean, like I said, I've got my, my little brother's eight, but, like, people I know with autism and that, they're living independently mm. and they've got a well they've got a job and uh, they're doing okay mm-hmm. not gonna say doing great but doing yeah. okay yeah i don't know they do have problems mm. still but mm. everyone will but it's just you've got to pre- i think you've got to prepare them but with the support as well mm. like when you're in secondary school definitely yeah because after like i say sixth form or, you know, you might go into an apprenticeship or uni and you just got to get them ready. Or they might not go into... Mm. You might get into straight into a job. You can just, yeah. Yeah. I think also education on the different potential pathways. Because, um, obviously, in the past, there's a kind of frame, isn't there, for how life would go. It's like you finish school, maybe you go university, you get a nine-to-five job and that's it, and then you retire. Whereas nowadays, I think there's so many different options for working which can be more suited to people with autism or people with a learning difficulty like maybe you can be a freelancer you know which means that you don't have to go in and be faced with all of these really social interactions that you find really hard you can work from wherever you want and you can do you know what I mean like there's a lot of different pathways now yeah it's like with like job applications you go does it's always at it but like do you have a disability Mm. but I think that's a good plus side but a downside Mm. as well yeah because yeah you tick like you will tick it if you have disability mm-hmm. but sometimes they might not oh he's like he's got a disability mm. let's put it on that pile but 
you shouldn't do that. Put it all in one pile mm. and give everyone a chance. Yeah. Because and if they're struggling, you get support. And yeah, help. yeah. Or when you got the meeting, you can sit that like let's say the interview stage, you can sit down and talk to them and go, mm. look, we can help you with this, mm. that, and. But it, like it does vary. It's really hard, isn't it? Because in a sense, like I wouldn't want if you do have a diagnosis, I wouldn't want you to not share that and then struggle unnecessarily by people not knowing. Do you know what yeah. I mean? So in a sense, I feel it's important. But like you say, it's such a broad subject. It's so hard to know what is right, what is wrong, because it everything can affect you. Yeah. Um, but this is quite a good way to bring it on to what we were talking about earlier. What are the pros and cons of having a diagnosis? I mean, the pro, pros and cons. I mean, let's say 16 and you've just been diagnosed mm. with autism and... The pros is, yeah, you'll get more help at 16. You're doing your like, A-level, like, sorry, your exams yeah, and that. Yeah, And you go, oh, like, that's more stress. It could, could put stress on you. Mm. And you might don't, don't want to tell your friends because you might feel different, singled mm. out. Like, with a family as well. And they might be like, oh, what are we going to do now? Mm. And they might... Might freak out a bit. Yeah, freak out and, mm. like, that's what I say, like, cushion you. Mm. Yeah, this is a big thing, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. I mean... I don't know. I think it's good, like to be cushioned, but not too much. Yeah. Why not too much? I think because. What's the consequences of that? You could rely on it, yeah. or like it can, it can impact like mm. that person's life or the family's. Mm. Like maybe you don't want to do like oh, say I want to do this, you know, in my next chapter, and mm. oh look, you might not be good at that. Mm. So we try this for you, but they're trying to help, but you got a really think about letting them make their own path empowering them yeah empowering them mm. yeah not i mean not saying parents do that mm. but it's so hard to be a parent isn't it because obviously I'm not parents so I don't i'm know. not either so i find it really hard to say like <laughs> oh this parenting's good this parenting's bad because i don't think there is one textbook way of being a good no, parent and it must be i'm just trying to empathize with like parents who do get an autism diagnosis i suppose you would be a bit scared that your child would have a harder time in the world. Because, Very protective. Yeah, you would be slightly protective, I think. And um, I could see how that could spiral too far, especially if you're may- maybe more of an anxious person. You would, I don't know, it depends on the person, doesn't it, the individual? Yeah. Seeing my mum this past few years with mm. my little brother has been amazing. Yeah. It has. We speak, we, we do, we speak about it, like, it keeps me up to date on it. Mm-hmm. I think my, my mum has done so well, mm. she has. And she doesn't get enough credit for it. Yeah. I think. And does she, she get support? Uh, she does, but she doesn't. Mm. Like, with, there are groups. There are, but my mum is a single mum mm. with other children. Yeah. And, like, who's going to look after the other children whilst my mum goes to these groups? The groups for the children with autism. Yeah, with autism. Right, okay, and yeah. it is hard. Like, I can see that. But I I just don't know. Cause I just I really do look up to my mum. Yeah. Just like the stuff what she's had to deal with. Yeah. With like for the sc- like with school like dealing with school with my brother's autism mm. and just everyday life mm. and taking them like taking them to the hospital. Mm. It is. It's just yeah. I just don't really know what to say. It's just you just admire it's, her. Yes, yeah, it's, yeah. it's a hard one. Yeah. Like, I'm not I'm not around that much, mm-hmm. so I don't really know what goes on. But like my mum's got family, like she talks to the family, 
like my mum, that's my mum's been dealing with it mm. for years now, eight years, and I think she's doing okay. She is. I, I mean, she's probably listening to us now. So, <laughs> but um, yeah, she's doing she's doing okay, and I do really look up to her. Amount of stuff she's done, mm. and sort of reasons why I'm doing this, and wanted to get into like teaching and care work. Mm. But so you feel inspired by the way that she's dealt with everything and yeah yeah my mum is a very strong person yeah it's my mum my mum will just say how it is I love her for mm. that she'll take no for an answer I would, I would say that mm. it's very like she's not she, does, she won't give up yeah she'll always find a way to do stuff like taking my little brother and my family out like even if it's not going out to like you know zoos and that mm. like go up to the local down to the park and mm-hmm. that and yeah she wants to give them the best life that all of her children the best life that they yeah, can. Yeah, any parent would. Yeah, I think any parent that is very true. Any parent would. And that is something very inspirational of all parents who are, you know, like just fighting for their child to have the best life that they can. Yeah. Yeah. It's like my mum's done a lot for me. Mm-hmm. Like gave, trying to give me the best life. Yeah. Not try she has. And she's still in my life. And still like I talk to her about stuff still mm-hmm. and um yeah like when i told her about on doing this podcast mm. like she asked why i was doing it i asked told her because my little brother mm. but i realize now it's for him but for other people as well mm. and my mom's one of the reasons why i'm, I'm doing like i said doing this because i think if more people can understand autism and help like not like like you know jumping or I'm helping how do they, I'm helping this family, but like understanding what the way around like like personal that family to help them out, mm. like if it's family or friends of, you know, mm. with a young person with autism that help them out. So yeah, I mean, I think this is the good thing about like this culture of podcasts and stuff, documentaries. People are so into documentaries now, aren't they? It's weird, isn't it? Like you know Louis through. Yeah. I've learnt more from Louis through about the world than I think I did in my whole school life because Who this, is Louis through if people don't know? If people don't know Louis through, he's a documentary maker. Um I think he mainly does stuff as a BBC but he's also on Netflix. And he goes into all of the things that I would say people feel a bit awkward discussing or have felt awkward discussing in the past, but he kind of normalises them because the way he approaches the subject is literally just curiosity, no judgment. And I think you can learn so much from... Not all of his documentaries are completely an accurate representation of someone struggling with a certain thing. Like, I know that he did one on anorexia recently, and I do actually have a friend who is a recovered anorexic, and um, she felt, from her perspective, that it really made anorexia sufferers look a certain way, which she didn't feel covered all the ground. So there's obviously all these problems with documentaries, and I think people can get really easily offended by them. But what I mean is, in this culture of documentaries... And podcasts, it's like an alternate form of education for people. And I think this is our main problem as a society is there's a lack of education about certain things. And I think that lack of understanding and information is where mistreatment comes from and judgment and discrimination. So I think it's real positive to be contributing to that as someone in everyday life who suffers with the problems, you know, rather than just a professional yeah. or a, yeah. Like, talk about professionals and that, like mm. with the... Doctors, I'll say doctors are brilliant. Mm. Like, yeah, it'll take, it might take a long time to get diagnosed sometimes, it doesn't. Mm. But I think professionals 
in this day and age are much better. Mm, I agree. And get down to the level. Mm. What it's like what I've seen a few times and it is brilliant. I think like let's say talking about like say twenty years ago, mm. but it was different. But now you know it's more understanding mm. for it and there is a spectrum. Yeah. Like what, like you know the doctors and I've done, and I do actually think doctors are pretty amazing nowadays because yeah. now I whenever I go to the doctor my doctor will always ask me before I go are you okay which is not something that ever used to happen it used to just be like right get in what's your physical problems get out yeah, but now it's more of a kind of like okay this is your opportunity to tell me you can choose if you want to or don't yeah. want to if there's anything wrong mentally which I don't think was a thing in the past no I mean mental health like it's a big thing mm. but Mental health affects people as well. Like mm. quite a lot of people, have, like with autism and have mental health problems. Yeah, like especially like with autism, like trying to get like just say tr- trying to like trying to get their like words out mm. or trying to f- explain, and they might just compress it and, mm. and it will just grow and grow. Like mm. it does with everyone, and that can manifest into things like depression. Yeah, I wonder if we can find like a statistic of what's the likelihood that someone with autism might suffer with a mental health problem? Because I can also imagine that what you were saying earlier about how the senses get overloaded and overwhelmed, that yeah. could literally lead to so much anxiety. It does. You, get yeah. anx- you will get anxiety. Panic like, attacks. Like, you might don't want to, let's say, go to school. Cause you just, yeah, you just don't want to go to school mm. in the morning. Mm. and you got to try and encourage them to go to school. Like, oh, I'll walk up with you. Mm. Sometimes that'll work. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that doesn't. Yeah, it is hard because they might like it'll turn into like a bit of a battle because mm. I don't. I'm not going to school. Yeah, or, like you got to you know school, mm. but like sometimes schools will not understand mm. or they they do nowadays and mm-hmm. that's a good thing. But it's just trying to work around it, isn't it? Mm. Really, things are changing for the better. I yeah. think, but we don't. We need to keep going. Like we need to keep working on challenging really old-fashioned things of, like, you must be in school Monday to Friday, these times, like it or lump it, doesn't matter how you're feeling, you know, you're going to do the same as everyone else. But I think times are cha- shifting slightly into thinking, well, maybe that's not possible or helpful no. or beneficial to someone's mental health or sanity, really. I, <laughs> like, think, like, I think it's good for the mental health people with autism. Like, they mm. do have little groups mm-hmm. in, like, schools. Mm-hmm. Not just for people with autism, like people with disabilities. Yeah. Like, like take them out to like in the playground and have like say fifteen ten minute mm. like run around. Sometimes it works, sometimes yeah. it doesn't. Yeah. It's still, you know, hyped up and that. But that's good. Like you get schools now. You get uh, autistic champions. Mm-hmm. What's that? Oh, an autistic champion is a. Say it could be a teacher, a youth worker, mm. uh, someone in a cafe. So is it someone with a lot of knowledge of autism? Knowledge and knows who how like, how to help them. Right. The work like like teachers are good like nowadays that like mm. we talk about, and it's good they've got like an autistic champion in school, mm. so like can like do these little groups like Lego club or yeah. like little clubs. That is really good because obviously in an ideal world everybody would be an autistic champion, right? But then, is it possible? Like, is it good that we have these specialists who yeah. are just present in the different workplaces, education? It's it's good you've got these, like, 
special educational teachers, mm. certain people think, why do you do that for? Mm. And he can explain it. Mm-hmm. I mean, they will, but I think it's brilliant for it is brilliant. schools to have that, like someone of knowledge and who can help people who can't do many things. It's almost like an in-between person, isn't it? It's you, like a... Yeah, like, yeah, you can, like, let's say the parents can go to, yeah. talk to them. Yeah. And it's just, I think it's just good, like, teachers get trained, like, like I said, like, now it's, like, younger teachers, or mostly teachers who've been there for, like, schools and for years, mm. and I think that's good, because like, they've seen everything change. Mm. I did have an interesting discussion with um, a colleague earlier this morning, and we were talking about how, um, like, care and treatment of illnesses is kind of taking a shift because so many people, like there's so many different specialists they have to go and see about their same problems. They're having to explain their story and relive their trauma to explain it to like a GP, a social worker, you know, all of these different specialists. And I think it's taking a shift now to just having that one person who you can tell your story to once and then they do all the communication for you. In a sense, the autistic champion is good because instead of having to explain my child is doing this because of this, this and this, you can just say, this person will explain, that's their job. Yeah. You know, that's, you don't have to keep constantly explaining things to someone. Like, most doctors now will obviously see in their, like, you know, the file and they go, oh, how are they doing mm-hmm. lately? I mean, yeah, you'll tell them, but it's just like when you, you want to keep going to different doctors, mm. sometimes that you might have to. Yeah. And... That is plus side, but downside. If they all have the same notes, mm-hmm. I think they they, they do. I'm yeah. not a doctor, but like you don't have, to, you can just yeah, this has happened and he's doing like they're doing well. Mm. So yeah, it's just I think like day and age is it's going, it's changing. It's going in the right for the direction. better. Yeah, but it's just trying to get more people. I think the important thing is, yeah, reaching as many people as possible and not just the people who are directly affected by autism. Yeah. Like maybe they have someone with autism in their family, maybe they have autism, or maybe they're a professional who's working with people with autism. Yeah. We want to spread it to everyone because everyone in life is going to have interactions with autistic people. Like literally everyone. Maybe you might not know it, but the important thing is, yeah, to educate as many people as possible. I think the um, the MPs, mm. like members of parliaments are doing, obviously there's the Autism Act. Mm. There's MPs who um, are very keen on help people with autism, young mm. people and adults. Yeah. And I do watch uh, the House of Commons. Yeah. But um, like the past, I say, few months, they have mentioned autism a few times. Good. To like Theresa May. And Boris Johnson, mm. for me, with a family member who is autistic, mm. I'm happy with that. Just to hear it being brought up. Yeah, in... talking about the Autism Act mm. and if like some member of parliament will become autistic champions. Yeah. Are and there autistic champions in parliament? Yeah. Good. Yeah, I never knew that until yeah. I watched the House of Commons. Good. And I think that's amazing. Absolutely. And we should definitely have autistic MPs. Uh, yeah, I mean, I we probably do. To be fair, but like, I yeah, do... but I mean, we need people varied views. Yeah, because you talk about diversity, and quite often I think people will jump onto like ethnicity. Yeah, and um, dis- physical disabilities maybe. But, but it's important that we have representations of all members of the community. Like, we should have autistic people making decisions about society no, no, as alongside other people. No doubt we've like no doubt we we probably do. I think we do. Yeah, definitely. Might have people with autism. In like the councils, hundred percent. Like obviously around the country, yeah. and 
I think that's brilliant. I mean, there's young people who like volunteer with autism, mm. who like help out with the council mm-hmm. and do decisions yeah. like, for like like funding and that. And that's good. Yeah, absolutely. But I think that's the right way forward, isn't it? Need, I think, like I said, we need more. I think we need a bit more people with disabilities, and like there might be, I don't know, but higher might be up. In council. Yeah, higher yeah. up. So yeah, so yeah. they know what to not what to do. Like they just they just know how to do it and help. I think it'd be easier for those people who don't have mm. like the funding to go to groups or mm. have groups in their local area. Yeah, people with autism are not ill or broken. They see the world in a unique view. They do see anyone who's struggling on the like the transport or in the street or in a library or school. Just don't be afraid and go up to them and have a chat. So I'd like to say thank you guys for listening. This podcast was produced by the Chaos Group and funded by Bernardo's. For more information, visit thisischaos.co.uk or bernardo's.org.uk.